Hi, I'm Lauren Class Snyder with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Isaac Gomez, playwright of The Way She Spoke, playing off-Broadway at the Minetta Lane Theater. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Absolutely. And let's just dive right into the content of this extraordinary work. The Way She Spoke is a one-woman play that takes us to the treacherous streets of Juarez, Mexico, where thousands of women have been murdered in an epidemic of violence. You wrote the play based on your actual interviews with people in Mexico. Will you yes, tell us about the, um, your motivation there and what you discovered in speaking to people one-on-one? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I was born and raised on the U.S.-Mexican border in El Paso, Texas, Juarez, Mexico. And, you know, growing up as a kid, we used to travel across the border into Juarez all the time to visit my cousins, um, to run errands, things like that. Very common occurrences for people who live in a border city. And uh-huh. um, it wasn't until I was an adult that I had learned about the missing and murdered women and also while, while I was away in college. And I remember calling my mom, being totally shocked and surprised and saying, come on, how is it, you know, who are these missing and murdered women and what is, did you know this was happening? And she was like, oh, yeah, of course, everyone knows this is happening. Uh And it was the first time I was confronted um, with sort of my male privilege in a way of, of my inability to not have to know this. And all of a sudden, my memories of childhood of things like needing to walk some of my cousins to the corner store when we were kids, whereas I could roam freely if I wanted to. All of this started to be recontextualized for me, and so I needed to go back to Juarez and see it for myself. And so while I was there, I had interviewed a series of folks, um, women whose daughters are still missing, women who drove buses to the U.S.-owned factories, the maquiladoras, and back, where a lot of women disappear, um, to ex-convicts, to sisters, you know, a bunch of different people with various access points and sort of found myself falling deep into the rabbit hole of the multiplicities that perpetuate systemic violence against women, um, certainly Uh globally, but more specifically in what is and how, you know, there's not just one thing, there's everything that is contributing to um, this, this mass violence occurring and this is still occurring to this day. And so, you know, from there I had written actually the sister play to the way she spoke called La Ruta, which had premiered at Steppenwolf earlier this year. And um, it's sort of a dramatic uh, creative reimagining based on the stories themselves with an ensemble of women, whereas the solo show sort of uh, takes the testimonies in their raw form and explores my relationship and being the facilitator for that story and asking this larger question of the ethics of storytelling and what might it, what, what do we put actors through in the embodiment of trauma and, and at what cost mm-hmm. in correlation to what's happening to the women and what is. Wow. What a story with such history starting, of course, in your youth as you yes. became a young adult and a full adult. Um, in speaking to people in Mexico, how did you determine who you wanted to have interviews with and what was the process like for them to be open to speak with you or not? And did they know that you were looking towards writing a play? Yes. So it's so funny to say that. I mean, I was 19 when I went and did these interviews. I was very young 
And mm. um, a friend of mine named Blanca, she still lives in, well, she doesn't anymore, but at the time she still lived in Juarez and her mom and family do as well. And they agreed to be my guides. They know the area a lot better than I did. And um, they were sort of the facilitators of, the, of, of my experience. And, um, you know, really spontaneously, just through word of mouth, I think one of the most beautiful and hard things about my experiences in gathering these stories is that so many of these women don't have a platform in which they can speak very openly and publicly there because it's yeah. so dangerous. And granted, like so much activism is happening around the border, but it comes at a great cost. A lot of people are murdered for speaking out. A lot of journalists have been murdered and silenced for speaking out. Death threats are still very much an occurrence for anyone who wants to speak against government impunity and the drug violence that's happening and in, in, in all over the country, not just in Juarez. And, um, you know, we, in, in the, there was no hesitation or trepidation in sharing stories with anyone, which is something I'm still struck by these, these women oh. who could be so open to me, um, a total stranger, a kid really, because they knew this was going to be happening. And, you know, one of the testimonies, if you see the play, you'll, you'll hear her say this. Um, she asks me directly, she says, what is this for again? A play? And then she says, can you pass on a message for me to anyone who sees oh. this, who might know where my daughter is or where the other daughters might be? And then she has a message that she wants me to share with the world, um, which you'll hear when you see the play. And and so, yeah, very, the, I've been carrying these stories and trying to get them in as many ears as possible for about seven years now. And um, and I couldn't be more honored to be uh, uh, just a small a small blimp in the amplification of stories that 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 have sadly not been heard so consistently. Yeah, and it it seems as though the way she spoke and the way that you've collected content for the play is giving a voice to those without one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So is the intention. And I think actually, you know, it's funny because they have a voice. It's just a matter of, of how loud is the speaker. Right. Uh -huh. is, is, uh -huh. is, is, is I think about that a lot because I, 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 I'm not sure I'm necessarily giving voice as much as I'm providing a platform. And, and which I, is why I had to write the way she spoke, because La Ruta, though very much um, centering on these women and its creative reimagining of how their relationships work within a dramatic structure, this is the testimonies and as raw a form as humanly possible with a translation, of course, because, you know, they, we interviewed them in Spanish. And so you're really getting a strong sense of like, this is what they said. And more importantly, in, in my viewpoint, how they said it which leaves just as much of an impact. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which also leads us to talking a little bit about Audible Theater and the extraordinary work that they're doing in producing these plays and then ultimately publishing them as audio plays. When you were writing the way she spoke, were there challenges in knowing that it was going to be used in two formats, like on the stage as well as an audio play? When I started writing it, I had no idea it would ever be an audio play. You know, um, uh -huh. again, <clears throat> the off-Broadway production is its third production. And um, it, yeah, the, Audible had approached me, God, it must have been two years ago at this point, um, uh -huh. very excited about the play. And, 
though in my periphery, not something that was an immediate thought. And, and so the play has sort of never been structured to be experienced through that medium. However, it lends itself to it so beautifully. That's one of the things I think I love most about what Audible is doing is how transferable uh, solo content can be to a listening ear because so much of solo shows is about the embodiment of narrative and embodiment of perspective and a narration of story, which just rings so true in, in sort of any aspect of, of, of how you're listening to an audio book, for example, right? And so yeah. the, the, the translation, I think, is going to be pretty seamless. I mean, of course, there are, because the play is, is meta-theatrical in a way, there, I will have to make some adjustments to help our listeners understand what they're not physically seeing. So that's where I am in this moment because we go into the studio at the end of the month uh, to record, and then it'll be released to Audible listeners this fall. Yes, and actually, to be even more specific, Audible listeners that are Originals members have a free perk coming their way on October 4th with Audible releasing The Way She Spoke on October 4th, free for their members as Originals member benefit, which is another wonderful thing about what Audible's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about the live production again some more. It's directed by Joe Bonney and stars Keita Castillo. Talk about the rehearsal process, adding a director and an actor to your words. Sure. Yeah. I think one of the things I love about the play is, um, is that it lends itself to be performed by any actor of Mexican descent who is Mexican specifically and, and to have her infuse all of herself in the process. That's why the character is unnamed in the script. She's just called the actress because the idea is that anyone as young as like, 19 or 20 and anyone as old as 65 70 could play this role and so much of the way the play is structured is it relies on what is an actor's actual intuitive journey in um, navigating an exploration of a text like this and so what was amazing about working with kate and joe was and the fun of it is was figuring out what does it mean for kate you know, she's sort of the facilitator of the narrative. So if the conceit is that she and I are good friends and she's helping me by reading this cold brand new script and in her diving in, she finds herself falling deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole of Juarez in the same way I did. And then Mm -hmm. by that experience, the audience as well, then it's about where is Kate natural responses living and how the text is affecting her and in what ways is she pushing against it in what ways is she challenging the author's point of view? In what ways is she um, deciding to take ownership in her own facilitation or experience of the play? And so that's been a great joy. Joe is, um, I mean, she's so brilliant. Working with her has been an incredible honor and a huge, like, I feel so thankful because, you know, when you, when you've had a show produced, more than once, you get to a place where you're like, well, I'm not really sure what else I can do, you know? And she is so relentless in her storytelling. She held my feet to the fire every step of the way and was constantly pushing me to 
um, deepen and deepen and deepen. And so I'm very proud of the shape of the script right now, and there's no way I think we could be there had it not been for Joe's leadership and guidance in that process. Oh, it's great. It's so it's so terrific to hear about that collaborative effort. And yes. um, in hearing you talk about the interviews and recognizing that there's a message to share with the world for people that you spoke with, are there other things that you're looking for audiences, whether live at the Minetta Lane or those listening at Audible? to take away from their experience at the way she spoke? Um, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not really one to dictate what an audience's experience should be. I think what one of the most um, amazing things about this play and its companion play, La Ruta, is that depending on who you are will sort of determine what your access point is to the material, right? So what yeah. often happens is for most people who see this play or La Ruta, they they have never heard about the women in Juarez ever, which is shocking because it's been happening for so long and it's not very far from where we live. And so that's typically the first response. And if, if, if they have some familiarity with it, certainly not to this depth. And so I think for those people, it's, it's really hard to move past the violence because um, it is so shocking. It is so horrific. The, interesting thing and something I'm more interested in as a writer is for those who, especially those of, of, of Latinx or Mexican specifically descent, like this is, this is very normal, particularly when you're looking at systemic violence against women, like the saddest part is that it's normalized. So the question then becomes, how do we move beyond violence? What is the moment after? And there's a lot of uh, nuances in the play that are sort of pushing against this idea of how do we not sit in violence and in what ways are we pushing against it? And in what ways is violence um, the framework in which we are functioning as a society and, and for, for better and for worse, you know, I would say. And so I love hearing folks' experiences of the play who were like, I've known about this. It's horrific. Things that I'm still thinking about are, you know, how La Virgen functions in relation to this world or, the, 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 the sort of relationship between these telenovelas that the women are watching and, and what's actually happening in Juarez. But that usually doesn't come from someone who is already, who, is, who hasn't experienced any, any of this play before, the sort of experience of shock and horror often um, is, is often the first experience for someone who's, who's never heard the story before. And that's a completely valid experience. And I think, you know, when it comes to violence of this magnitude, those are questions we should be asking is like, well, why didn't I know? And, and that inward looking work, hopefully propelling what the next phase will be for each individual person. If you can answer the question, why didn't I know? Then I think, what can I do now becomes so much of an easier question to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your insight to the play that you wrote. And I appreciate your time here with us today. Thank you for having me. It means so much to me. Thank you. I'm Lauren Schneider with Isaac Gomez, playwright of The Way She Spoke, playing Off-Broadway at the Manetta Lane through August 18th, and followed by a release at Audible in October. Thank you. <laughs>